A swollen nose tick thwarts the efforts of fifth columnists in This Movie Must Die. episode of This Movie Must Die. I'm Steven Sperling. I'm Aaron Paris. And I'm Josh Sperling. This is the second episode, and so we are going to decide which of two movies survive. We'll do that every week, actually. Last week, we had two movies in one episode because we had to kill one of them off. It was Two in the Dark from 1936 versus... Two O'Clock Courage from 1945, and we, and by we I mean they, because they outvoted me, they killed off Two O'Clock Courage from 1945. So the survivor for this episode is Two in the Dark from 1936. It's a crime film, it's about amnesia, and we are going to put it up against a comedy, if you can call it that. Before we get into our list of what we love, and forgive me, let's start again. It does say recording on our side, if that yeah, helps. Okay. It does. It does. It says it on my side. I hope it says it on God's side. Uh, before I get into the list of uh, what God, we love. God is not going to listen to this crap, Stephen. God listens to everything. <laughs> All the podcasts. He listens and watch. He listens to and watches all the movies. He may strike us down with lightning if we vote wrong on this one. Let's see. Oh, um, can you help me? No. Can you help me with? I'm going to ask again, and the answer better be yes. Sorry. Can you help me with this plot? How would you describe this thing that we just saw? <laughs> How can you solve a problem like Hillbilly Smith? Creek? <laughs> We start out in a, at a shooting range, and and our star character Nuffy Smith is shooting, uh, is in a shooting contest with a sergeant, and we end up we end up with some fifth columnists, and we end up with uh, a mule that races a horse, and the mule's in slow motion, and the fifth columnists try to steal some plans for a rocket, sh- ro- no radio rocket. So does that make sense? Do you think I've explained it enough to the audience? No, no, it's terrible. Oh. It's awful. Yeah. It is. Are you talking about his description of the movie or the movie? Both. Yeah. It doesn't oh, matter. The whole thing. It doesn't, it doesn't the whole matter. thing. I just, when Josh and I sat down to watch this, <laughs> not, not 30 seconds in, he looks at me and says, this is going to be painful. <laughs> It, 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 it really, really beat us down. And, and it only took an hour to just oh make gosh. us lose all will to live. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you, you must have hated it even more than I did then. <laughs> uh, okay, let's start out with our lists of love-hate. And it sounds to me like you probably had as much difficulty as I did coming up with five things to love about this movie. We'll start with Aaron. Am I loving or hating? Uh, we're loving first, if, if you can bear it. Okay, well, first of all, I loved it at a minute 
two or no an hour two it was an hour two is that how long it was and then oh, it was done yeah it felt like two days it felt like two, two days but when it was done that was good i also wanted I to point out that i managed to learn a new language watching this thing i didn't know how to use the words tarnation or idjit or any of those in a complete sentence until but it was I because you were an underwitted idjit going into it I was. And that's why you did not know his language. I was. Yeah, underwitted idiot is how yeah. he... You know, I, I was speechless through most of it. And honestly, if I hadn't had the little words up there, little closed captioning, I would have had no clue what the hell he was saying. Oh, you used the closed captioning? I had to. There was just... <laughs> I don't speak hillbilly. There I'm was... from Indiana, but I'm I'm not that bad. <laughs> There was no translation to English on there. No. That was no. not an option. You know, I, I pointed out to Josh as well that this movie should be used as torture prep for any government agency sending spies in. If you can survive this movie, you can survive basically anything. It was a yeah. struggle. It'd be appropriate. It shows you fifth columnists. It shows you spies. And you can show them how you would come off if you were in a bad movie. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. But well, you also learn how to fly a rocket. Oh, yes, yes. So, you learn how to fly a rocket. You know, I, the fact that I had to sit through that part, I believe I'm now qualified to fly a commercial airliner as well. Makes sense. It was, yeah. You know, that and my last thing was the tutorial about how to fight drunk slash half asleep. I learned a few things. I'm ready to go to the bar tonight. So. Did he, oh, how did, I've seen this movie twice now. How did, oh God. What, <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh, you are an operative. Yeah, I know, it's terrible. <laughs> what was drunk half asleep? How did I already forget that? Oh, you know, the major who gets dope with the, or sergeant, oh, gets yes, dope yes. with the carrot and yes. he manages to like fight two guys or whatever. And he's all doped up. I, you know, I studied that. I now can hold my own. It's easy to overlook that as a fight because it was kind of like a shoving match. Yeah, maybe like what it would be like if three old people in a <laughs> retirement home were fighting over, you know, whether they're going to watch MacGyver or Touched by an Angel. <laughs> now, why why would you uh, criticize this scene? What what exactly would you criticize about it? Because the gag is that uh, the Sergeant Gatling, played by Edgar Kennedy, eats a carrot that has sleeping powders on it. And audience, I'm sorry, I don't think we will be able to explain how that happened. But nobody um, can explain that. Nobody cares. No, yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody cares. I, it's not worth researching. No, no, but um, but the gag was that he was sleeping and fighting, so that that part of the gag works. But I, I'm assuming that you're criticizing the fact that the other two men can't seem to overpower him, even though he's half asleep. The other two fifth columnists who are fighting him is that is that what you had? Is that the problem you had with the scene? Yeah, yeah, they're they're reasonably big guys, and instead of just like punching the guy in the face. <laughs> Uh, they just keep lunging for the door uh, half-heartedly. I want the door. And and of course, he's half asleep, but he just sort of lightly pushes them away. And they're like, oh, darn, how could we ever get to the door? And I'm sure since it's on a farm, there's no farm-type implement that could be used as a weapon. Of course not. They just no, keep going, just, oh, uh, no, we're slightly thwarted by this half-asleep man. Whatever shall we do? Continue yeah. doing it over and over, over and over. <laughs> Without any variation. 
I can see it working. Uh, my no my neighbors are being noisy. Can you hear them? No, but okay, you know, good, good. it disturbs me that you keep saying it's a gag. I mean, yeah, it does make <laughs> you gag, but I don't see anything in this movie that's actually amusing. I can I can see that premise somehow working, maybe with two kids, if he was fighting off two kids, two weak people. Uh, maybe he's somehow strong despite being half asleep, but uh, like everything else in this movie, it doesn't particularly work well. And is that, is, that the last, uh, is that the last thing in your list of uh, loves? Yeah, I mean, other than loving when it's over, which I think I already mentioned, but yeah, I feel I, that I, I should I, just drive that point home for anybody who might want to think they're going to watch this. You can never say that enough. No, you cannot. It should have a warning label on it. I, I think the title is a warning label. It would warn most people off from it, but unfortunately, uh, I'm not as smart as most people. How did you find this? This is what disturbs me. A movie snob such as yourself even knows this exists. <laughs> I it, it was on Amazon Prime, and the title, instead of repelling me as it would a normal person, it attracted me. A hillbilly blitzkrieg. So it, it, I had to know what a hillbilly blitzkrieg is, was, and now I know. Now you know. Now, you now know. I know. I told Josh that if this was like a, a video cast, I was definitely going to get a red clown nose and just wear it the whole time. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't wait to get into that nose. You know, I, 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 it, that well, was we might as well get, since you brought it up, we might as well get into it now. Snuffy Smith has an enormous nose for, for some reason. I mean, I know why. It's because the comic strip character also had a big nose. But on a live action character, it just looks freakish and not funny at all. Right. But but I'm glad that they gave us the nose. So it's basically like giving you a laugh track because the movie doesn't have a laugh track. So you look, look, it's a comically large nose. Laugh now. <laughs> this What this guy's doing and saying is a, is funny, apparently. <laughs> you didn't, See, you didn't find I... it frightening? I, I found it slightly frightening. Uh, no more frightening than anything else in this movie. Okay. Okay, so that's that's the last of yours. So, what were your loves, Josh? And if uh, if they overlap with Aaron's, so be it. So be it. So I, I I liked when Snuffy comes to what was it the lodge or the farm or wherever it is that they were going, and uh, he asks to find that varmint uh, Barney Google. Who? Oh, this is this is really two things because one I liked that I got to know who the hell Barney Google is. I was familiar, of course, with Snuffy Smith from the comic, and even though it's called Barney Google and Snuffy Smith, and all the years that I had seen the comic, I never knew who the hell Barney Google was. Right. I got to see to learn Barney Google. Now I'm not sure that that was a particularly war rewarding thing, but. <laughs> I did find that out, and I guess I love that. I love finding things out, even if they're terrible. Yeah. So the second thing is that um, when he, he he sends the random guy there who's been blowing on a on a feather to go um, <laughs> find that varmint uh, Barney Google, that he starts paging him by saying, "Paging Barney Google, paging Barney Google." 
I just, you know, I was really excited to see uh, that feather gag because I had never seen anything like that before. And it was so funny. I think they, was... they came up with that. Oh, or was this the first time? Yeah, that was the first time it ever been used. Yeah, it's a, it's a audience. It's a hillbilly asleep <laughs> and he's snoring. And because he's snoring, the feather goes up and down in accordance with his breath. Why are there so many feathers around people sleeping? I don't know. Even didn't Porky Pig have that problem? I'm sure everybody has had that problem in a cartoon. What about and in, real life? And in Hillbilly Blitzkrieg. True. Which is almost like real life. Almost. Oh. It must have happened sometime in real life where somebody was snoring and the feather went up and down. I mean, that, that had to have happened once in, in life. Prove and it, it. And it should only have happened once in film. Just I'm, one time. I'm going to see if it can happen. I'm going to try it myself. <laughs> oh, Live on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as, as soon as we get a video version of this podcast, I'll, I'll <laughs> see if that actually works. Okay, what else do you have on uh, like on you? Mr. Wizard or Bill Nye the Science Guy? <laughs> experiment okay uh so also you mentioned the uh, slow motion mule which seemed to me to be completely arbitrary did, did that make any sort of sense to you why this mule was suddenly slow motion was that supposed to be funny it, it, it was it's so bizarre to me because i think i think the gag was and again this is the type of gag that makes you gag instead of laugh the gag was that the uh, the mule saw the female horse or no, I'm sorry, the female mule who was uh, wearing a white hat. So beautiful, this female mule. And so- I was I was getting aroused just yeah, looking I, at We the... do not discuss those things on air. What did we talk about? Sorry, we discussed not talking about female mules. With hats. Uh, yeah, this, this mule was so intoxicated by the beauty of this female mule, white female mule with a hat. Are, are, are mules ever white? I, I didn't know they were ever white. Maybe it's a horse. I guess a mule can be attracted to a horse. Anyway. I'm not sure that matters. Mules mules were bred from horses, right? Donkeys and horses make mules. Yeah, yeah, yeah something. I, for, I forget how that works, but... but um, you know, I, we're not getting into that. Okay, okay. Well, uh, the slow motion was supposed to indicate that the mule was slowing down for this female and i i don't get what they were trying to do now the the really bizarre thing is that that effect is often used uh around this time and especially during the silent era actually so much earlier this effect is used to show drunken animals and in my opinion it was overused uh the silent little rascals the silent our gang films use this a lot and to me it was never ever funny but at least it made some sort of sense the, right. the, the animals are slowed down by drunkenness but the, the mule here is not drunk he's he's maybe attracted he's, to uh, maybe he's drunk with love you know that whole have you ever seen a dumb guy approach a hot chick in a bar kind of looks like that it does? Saying. Sure. Yeah. Right. So you've got, yeah, that's about how drunk guys sound, too, when they're trying to pick you up. Yeah, well, you wouldn't know. I, I don't pick up girls in bars anymore. Not anymore. You better not. Okay. Not for a year, at least. <laughs> not until after COVID. Not until, yeah, yeah. It was oh, once wow. COVID came in. Yeah, so I don't think we'll ever know what was going on with that mule. That that really annoyed me. Uh, what else is on your love list? 
So uh, another thing that I, I found puzzling was that he he looks for his jug uh, of alcohol, uh, moonshine or whatever, whatever it is. But his jug, uh, when he calls for his jug, his jug makes popping sounds for some reason. What? Yeah. Did you not hear that? How did, I, how did I miss these things? No, it's, I did not hear sounds- that. It sounds like champagne. Maybe maybe your brain was just trying to shut down as you were watching it. <laughs> I think so. Well, definitely after having watched it twice, it was like, uh. Plus, I watched the first movie. I don't think I've mentioned this yet, but this is one of two Stuffy Smith movies made by Monogram Pictures. Presumably, they were going to make a long series out of it, and uh, happily, <laughs> that did not happen. This is the second of two. No, I don't remember the. I don't remember the popping sounds. He calls for his jug. Yeah. Of of, of liquor. Uh, I I would assume that's what it is. I I think they they use it in some gag. So yeah, it's got to have liquor in it. What do you mean he calls for it? It, it he, comes to him. No, no, he just calls out like, "Where's my jug? Where did I put that jug?" or something. And then he hears a popping sound, and then he knows where his jug is. Oh my God, how did I miss these things? No, I did not notice that. I am happy to say. So in in the other one, uh, he's also in the army, right? Is that correct? Yes, in the other one, we start out with Snuffy Smith. We, we've already mentioned, haven't we, that, that this is a character from the comic strips. And he starts out at Hooten Holler, you know, in the boondocks where the original character lives and then he makes his way into the army uh, in the first one right so do you know why he he is why did they decide to put him in the army i mean he's never in the army in the comic strip right i i I was wondering that myself i couldn't find any evidence that that happened there's a possibility that he went into the army like so many cartoon characters around that time comic strip characters comic book characters you know the uh, Batman and Superman fought for the Allies. They didn't. They didn't join up in the army, but they were. They were fighting. They were fighting Hitler. Uh, so I think it's possible that happened. But they can't just have this guy fishing for an hour. I mean, you know, being in the army gave him gave them something to actually write a story about yeah but that comic ran for many 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 years it's they still... obviously must have had stuff to write about yes it's still not good <laughs> well neither was the movie neither was it's, putting in the it's army. still running it's still running is it well now steven you mentioned that in the other movie was when he got into the army so this was designed to actually be a sequel yes so they were going to keep doing sequel after sequel was that their idea or or standalone individual stories and movies moving forward no i think they were planning a series much like the blondie series francis the talking mule there were there were a lot of movie series each movie could be a standalone. You didn't have to see the earlier ones, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure they meant this to be a series and and happily, thank God it didn't happen. Right. But, you know, how much, I'd be curious to know how much money did the first one make that somebody greenlighted this thing? What I would bet my money on is that they intended this to be a series, made two, both of them flopped, and then they just dropped the idea after that. Because I can't imagine that they made the first one and it was so successful that they had to make a second. 
uh, the both movies were uh, were released in the same year. The first one in January, and the second one, the one we watched in August. I mean, because because you know now Hollywood doesn't give you those types of chances. You know, no. it, you know that's not a thing. We don't try it again just in case. It's you either do it right the first time and make money, or you're done. No, but there are there have been some recent examples of movies that were made simultaneously. Mm, so they had okay. so much faith in it that they actually did think they could do the entire series. Uh, Lord of the Rings, I think, was made like that, and I can't remember what else. But it's it's rare today, um, and I think it was pretty rare back then. They would start a series with the hope of it being a series. You know, they wouldn't just oh, okay. they, they wouldn't just do what we typically do now, which is to make one movie and then just and then it blows up and then and then we decide to make more afterwards. Okay. Actually, no. You know, these days they always have their uh, eye on a franchise, don't they? I mean, when they, when, like they it. when they make a superhero movie, they don't expect to make just one. Right. But it definitely wasn't that way before. Because movies like uh, City Slickers in the 90s and Sister Act in the 90s, these movies weren't made with an eye to have sequels. And they really had to jerry-rig a plot to get sequels for movies like that. Home Alone. Sure. They just had to have Home Alone happen again. He gets Home Alone, I don't know, two, three more times. Hey, 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 I haven't seen it yet. Oh, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. So I think this was supposed to be a series. It, It was mercifully cut short and... And now it's time for a Snuffy Smith reboot. Oh, God. Now that we have the technology to make his giant nose less grotesque. <laughs> if, it's, if Tim Burton does it, it's going to be worse. <laughs> the nose is going to be much, much more freakish. Uh, yeah, this, this uh, strip is still running. It, it has run now for 101 years. 101 years of unfunniness. Yeah. I, I remember looking at these strips when I was a kid, and uh, my brother Tim and I uh, would would look through them, and, and I don't remember ever finding them funny, but he and I would, would change the speech bubbles, maybe draw on the characters in, in an attempt to, to find humor in these strips. Did you print out screenshots from this movie and attempt to make any of them funny? No, but that's a really good idea, Stephen. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm going to get on that right now. Yeah. It's interesting you say that you don't know who Barney Google is. Nobody did for, for decades. I mean, the, the character disappeared. Stuffy Smith was introduced into the comic strip in 1936, I believe, 34 maybe. This comic strip began in 1919 and Barney Google was the star. And he was a huge star. He he was such a success. They made a song about him. And then Sparkplug was introduced, the, the horse that we see in this movie. And Sparkplug was so popular that they, they made infinite number of toys of Sparkplug. And they made a song about Star, Sparkplug. He was... He was really popular, but despite that, Stuffy Smith came into the strip around 36, and then he just drove Barney Google out. Uh, but Bastard. they never. They, I know he's he's a he's he's a, he was a jerk, and uh, I was going to say in real life, but I guess that's not the term I want. <laughs> so uh, is is Barney Google the inspiration for Google Google? Indirectly, what happened was Barney Google was the inspiration for the name of the number Google. The scientist who was naming it asked his nephew, I believe, his young nephew to give him a name. 
and the nephew gave him Google after Barney Google. And so the, the number was called Google, or, or I, I think it just said Google, but it's spelled different. It's spelled G-O-O-G-O-L, uh, mm. Google and Googleplex. And then the search engine named itself after the number. So indirectly, Barney Google is uh, responsible for the name of the uh, ubiquitous search engine that we all use, some more reluctantly than others. This has become a very surprisingly educational episode of yes. This Movie Must Die. Yeah, and that's why, that's why even bad movies can have some kind of value even this one even though that you wanted to die while watching it we did i'm a little upset that barney google got a song and i don't have a song i would like a song i'll write you a song right now will you yes i don't want you to sing it live on air that scares me (laughs) sorry Uh, no song is that all for your uh love list yes okay i uh, apparently maybe watching it twice really fried my brain because I actually have two sincere likes on my oh, love God. list. Yeah, I do. You sure you didn't accidentally watch a different movie? No, I'm I'm sure I watched this one. Maybe I maybe I watched the director's cut without the popping jug or the or, <laughs> special edition. Yeah, the special the special a special edition of this would be much shorter. <laughs> have less in it. I I always love Edgar Kennedy who plays sergeant gatling in this movie for some unknown reason he's in the first movie as sergeant ed cooper he he seems in every way to be the same character so i don't know why that happened but there there are a number of other disparities between the two movies Uh, edgar kennedy is always funny to me what i think i i think i kind of laughed at a few things that he did i even laughed at the um, awful um, half asleep half fighting routine just because he's funny but as you said, it didn't make any sense because there was no reason the other guys couldn't have just punched him in the face. It, it didn't work. But it, his the way, just the way he is, is always funny to me. I love him from all the other comedies that he's done. The much, much infinitely better comedies that he's done. He's done um, a lot of Laurel and Hardy films. He's done a lot of uh, Our Gang, Little Rascals movies. He's in Duck Soup, uh, one of the great scenes in that great movie with the Marx Brothers. He's the lemonade vendor who ends up uh, who ends up losing all his customers because uh, Harpo sticks his bare feet in, in his lemonade. <laughs> Is that Bobo? Yes. So I did like Edgar Kennedy. Uh, he, he made this movie more tolerable than it would have otherwise. Uh, second on my love list, and this, again, this is just a like. I kind of like the female spy. Uh, did you have any particular feeling bad or good about her? About which female? The female spy. Oh, the female spy. Yeah, not definitely not the female lead. I, I, I spent the whole time just trying to figure out her accent. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't know what the hell was going on with that. And that'll be part of my hate uh, list is to what where these fifth columnists came from, right. we don't know. But she, I, I, I think part of the reason that I liked her is just because she was such a contrast to the to the boring 
woman female lead they don't uh, they don't do much the the male and female lead don't do much in this film and thank god because they're i, I think if the film had focused on them it would have been even worse if that's uh, possible for the audience's sake she's the she's the daughter of a professor who's going to be important i don't uh, he the professor is the guy who invented the radio rocket that the nazis or fifth columnists or whatever they are want it's not it, that's not clear either by the way but it's um what's the word i want for that it's um abrupt not abrupt but uh it's very perfunctory their romance is very perfunctory and i was um i was grateful for that in fact that's uh that's number four i had to start being sarcastic after the first two uh i wrote awful romantic subplot was mercifully brief I sarcastically loved that Snuffy Smith was writing letters to some girl, even though he's married. And it seems that the movie forgot that he was married in the first film, in the comic strips. Uh, except it didn't forget that he was married because when he's inside of that rocket, he shouts out his wife's name, Wheezy. Uh, I didn't even notice that. I, I had assumed that this in this film, he didn't have a wife, and that was why... He was writing to this other woman. I mean, was he supposed to be uh, having indiscretions in the comic strip? No, I don't think he did have indiscretions in the comic strip. I don't think he was really supposed to be having indiscretions here. I think they just forgot. The scriptwriter forgot that he was married. You know, I I disagree. Really? I think because, you know, they kept talking about her adopting a soldier. I kind of looked at that more as like like a pen pal paper. Thing. Oh, okay, like, okay. Yeah, you adopted a soldier, you sent him right. stuff, and but not that it was romantic, but it was just like a like a morale boosting well, pen pal. I, but I thought that there, he must have had some romantic interest because he was ashamed to send his own picture. I guess you could justify that by saying that he just didn't want any girl to think he was ugly. It was just vanity, maybe. Um, I, I guess. I mean. It, ultimately he couldn't have had a relationship with her because he sent a picture of somebody else. He couldn't just say, Oh no, it's really me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. So he sold all her stuff. I mean, to him, it was just some income. True. So it wasn't like he had any feelings for her. He just was, you know, kind of sad that he only got like 20 bucks or whatever for everything she sent. Okay. Okay, I, I will buy that. I will buy that I was uh, not wow. being... Uh, I was buying... Uh, yeah, uh, this is the first time I've ever been wrong about anything. It's a weird feeling. I'll try to get over <laughs> it and keep going. So that was uh, for... The fifth one was that the film was the last of the monogram Snuffy Smiths. Uh, so that's very similar to your uh, love, Aaron, that, uh, that the movie ended. Uh, my love is that the series ended, uh, such as it was. Okay, now we're going to go to hate, which ought to be extremely easy for all of us. Uh, Aaron, what were your hates? I don't think she could find a single thing to you dislike. Know, I just, yeah, it was really, really hard for me to find something I hated. Where do I you, start? You just saw it in the totality. You couldn't. You couldn't. You couldn't. You couldn't identify pieces that you hated. You just hated the whole. <laughs> it was just it one was... big ball of hate. I hated. <laughs> I hated the character that had like the Groucho Marx impression kind of behavior. Yes. Was that maybe the the doctor or whatever? It was. Or it was so annoying that it. it, it I'm like, oh, come on, just stop it. Oh, are you talking about the Barney Google character? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was Barney Google. It was terrible and annoying. Yeah, that, that was Cliff Nazaro. And I don't think 
Barney Google was a double talker like that, but that was Cliff Nazaro's shtick. He often did it on Jack Benny show and uh, other radio shows. Uh, he had this shtick where he he seems to be saying something, but it's just nonsense. And on Jack Benny, it's pretty funny. I've never been a, a huge fan of that, but here it just seemed like they inserted his his radio routine into the film simply because he could do it. And it wasn't very funny in the movie. Now, Aaron, did you dislike it because he was doing a bad impression of Groucho Marx or do you dislike Groucho Marx? I just think that he shouldn't, you just don't do impressions. Like, like just be your own person, either own the part, act the part. If you have to do the impression of somebody else, then they should bring the other person in and let them do it. So you think there should be no impressionists? They should all just die like this movie? Yeah. Okay. Poor Nobody should Rich ever Little. do an impersonation of anybody else. Yes, poor, poor Rich Little. I, I didn't. I, I didn't feel that he was doing an, an imitation of Groucho. Did you, Josh? Did you think that? No, it hadn't occurred to me. Thinking back about it, I could see why Aaron would think that, but it hadn't occurred to me at the time. Um, okay. Another thing that drove me crazy, at least kind of like through the first half, is they wouldn't introduce people. People would just show up, <laughs> yes. and you're like, well, who, who, who is this? And and well. Well, what are they doing? I, I, I mean, there was literally like somebody got drunk on that moonshine <laughs> he's carrying around and decided they were going to edit the film. Right. It was like the it was like uh, the guy at the party in the room that just shows up and starts giving advice. You're like, <laughs> who the hell is this guy? And I think the next thing that's very, very important that we discuss is Chippy Monk. <laughs> I want to talk about Chippy, Chippy Monk. Monk. Chippy Monk. Chippy. Oh my God! You don't know what I'm talking about. You, you did not watch this movie. I did. You're lying. Were you drinking out of the jug when you were watching it? I think the movie had that effect on me. Um, Are you just trying to impress us or something? Because it's not going to work. <laughs> That is not going to impress I us. I mean, we spent how many minutes was that scene? Jesus, four or five days <laughs> of, of the of the. Uh, they, they this, could have named the, spy, the movie Chippy Monk. Chippy Monk. The spy lady was like hitting on the major yeah. or whatever and calling him Chippy Monk, her little <laughs> Chippy Monk. And oh, about is that what she was saying? I couldn't make out what she was saying. Oh, well, yeah. Well, we had the closed caption on, so. So now, from now on, Stephen, Josh, and I are going to be calling you our little Chippy Monk. Chippy Monk. A Chippy Monk? Is that what she was saying? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So you were much more annoyed by her than of that. I was. That's what I want to know. It's like, how does that, it's like, how does that even become a thought process? Well, like, I... I wonder if the closed captions got it wrong because I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I mean, they, they probably just winged it. They didn't know what the hell she was saying either. <laughs> and I did write down here. You can give me one more that the fist fight in the end. I said fist fight is lame. Kittens can fight better. So there you go. Okay. It was just, yeah, it it just, it was awful. It was like they weren't even coming close to hitting each other. And they were like leaping into the table so nobody had to throw them. (laughs) I think that's very convenient. It's like, it's like like that, that horror movie that Mr. Science Theater did where the, where the victims 
very um, what's the word I want? They, they they walk into the monster's mouth. You know what I'm what? talking about, Josh? Oh, creeping terror. Creeping terror. Yes. They. Uh, what, and what's the word I want? The adverb. Uh, they willfully walk in. They 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 generously walk in. Something like that. I think all those would work. That'll work. But but by monster, you really mean a carpet, right? Yes, yeah, so the walking carpet movie. I always think of it as a walking carpet movie, and you always remember that it's creeping terror. Yes. I can't remember that, but uh, yeah, so is, the fight scene was sort of like that. And I think yeah. it's, uh, I mean, it's very whole, nice. The whole movie was formulaic, right down to the whole rocket at the end. And just just the whole thing, you knew what was going to happen. That rocket sound was horrendous. It scared Mew. Oh, it did? She was not happy. Neither That's the was cat. I. Oh, yeah, oh, no. that's the cat, um, the feline star of the show, for anybody who doesn't know who she is. Well, when we get to my hates, we're going to get to the fact that they didn't even do the formula right. But we'll, we can we can talk about that later. Uh, so what else is on your hate list? I think I should pass it off to Josh. I think I got... You got all your hate out? Got all your hate out? I know. No, you'll never get all your hate out. <laughs> There's not enough time for that. No, I just feel that I should share, you share know, the share the hate. So I want to talk about the gag, you know, where the the sergeant, so who's who's above the sergeant, the major? Major, that, I think. Okay, so, the, so the major orders the sergeant to take Snuffy Smith with him and... Yes. So he decides, you know, he's going to play this trick on Snuffy by not telling him that he's going that he he has to take him and pretend that he's not going to take him. And and of course there's this whole build up of, you know, Snuffy wants to go, Snuffy wants to go and he says, "Okay, I'll take you." And he says, "Thanks, but the major told me to anyway." It's like all that build up and that was the gag. That was his trick that he plays on him. He te- doesn't tell him at first and then he tells him. Yeah, I I, I... <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I understood the gag. Uh, uh, the gag was that uh, he made he made uh, Snu- uh, Sergeant Gatling made Snuffy Smith beg for beg to go, and I guess that humiliated him in some way. But yeah, it just wasn't much of a that did not come off. I, I thought maybe he was going to get something out of it, or I, I don't know. I was waiting for this gag to go somewhere, and then it was just like, and then it's over. You should never have to look at the person next to you and go, was that supposed to be funny? Like, you should just know. <laughs> Needs a laugh track. Yeah, but or a comically large nose. Yeah. You knew, you knew it was supposed to be funny because... Snuffy Smith got very angry after that. I think he called him a polecat or a blue-nosed mule or whatever, you know, whatever crap he was saying. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, and his reaction seems way overblown. Why are you angry? I mean, it wasn't much of a trick. That's the thing. No. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, 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 Again, I guess that the sergeant was just trying to humiliate him by making him beg. Uh, so I, I guess that was the thing. But uh, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, uh, we we touched on it a little bit already, but the the motivation and even the background of these supposed bad guys is extremely unclear. I, I mean, I, I guess we're supposed to assume that they're bad guys, although they don't seem to be doing anything bad exactly. Um, they just sort of want to pretend they're other people and get information and about the rockets, and they're they're very, very bad at whatever the hell they're trying to do. Um, we're watching them do it, and we still have no idea what the 
hell they're they're intending to do, where they're from. That that yeah. irritated me. I guess it's implied that they're Nazis. The first movie does the same thing. It, it implies that the bad guys are are Nazis, but it doesn't come out and say it. And I don't know if that's because we weren't quite at war with Germany yet, because we, we went to war with Japan first and then Germany. So I don't know why they were being coy about who these people were. None of them had accents except for the woman spy who did definitely did not have a German accent. What would you I'd say was French, maybe? I, I really don't know. I kept thinking maybe it's this, maybe it's that. I Yeah, I, yeah, I have and, no idea. And every all the bad guys had American accents. There were... There was one. There was one female spy and two male spies in the first one, and they all had American accents. So I don't know where they came from. I mean, I guess I, I guess a fifth columnist is someone who poses as a regular person, not as a German spy. So I guess they. I don't know. I guess they were Americans who were recruited by the Germans, or or Germans who could speak without an accent. I don't know what was going on, but this movie was. Um, very vague, and I'm I'm pretty sure that those planes that we see at the end don't have Nazi symbols on them. They have symbols that are kind of like Nazi symbols. We never hear the word Nazi. We never hear the word German, Germany. We never hear any of that. And we don't even hear about uh, uh, Tokyo until the very end, Japan at the very end. You might have even missed that because um, uh, Snuffy Smith and Sergeant Gatling are speaking over the sound of the rocket, but they... At the very end, audience, the, uh, the the two characters are are taken up in this radio rocket uh, by accident, and uh, at the very end, they realize that they can't do anything about it. So they so they say, um, uh, Stuffy first says, "Oh, there's Pearl Harbor Harbor over there," and Sergeant Gatling says, "Okay, well then it's on to Tokyo." So they're going to go to Tokyo to fight the uh, the Japanese. Right. Mm-hmm. What else is on your list? Okay, so in the opening after the shooting contest that that's, that opens the film, then uh, Snuffy beats up, I guess, and and ridicules a bag of something that he is pretending that is the, he, pretending he's the sergeant. Right. And then the sergeant the sergeant sneaks up behind him and just sits there and watches him do it. And then uh, Snuffy gets a jar of something oil, grease, something liquid, and 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 dark and throws it at this bag um and then the uh, the sergeant waits for him to finish this tirade for some reason then he grabs the oil from him for some reason and then uh his uh superiors come up he takes the oil and for some reason rubs it all over his face and then the you know his superiors come in and they're like "Uh, sergeant why do you have all this why are you so dirty? Well, I think he rubbed it on his face after the general or major or whatever it was disappeared because he was so frustrated and that he forgot that he still had some of that oil or whatever it was on his hand. I'm glad you didn't know what it was because I didn't know what it was either. And I thought maybe it was obvious and I wasn't I, I, I wasn't getting it. But no, he definitely rubs it on his face right as they come up. It's it's almost as if. Oh, really? He was supposed to have done it by accident when he grabs the oil, and then for some reason his hands just start moving, and he gets the oil on his face somehow. Like that's what the director said. Oh, just grab it and get some on your face. So he grabs it and just starts smearing it on his face, and they go, "That's a great take." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor Edgar Kennedy. I'm, I'm sure they did not give him time 
to to do retakes if he needed them. Uh, I guess I didn't notice that because I noticed he made it worse after they leave. He's frustrated and Edgar Kennedy does his stock uh, routine of, of rubbing his face and head, which he always does. And that gets the... Uh, oil jam grease whatever it was all over him yeah so so neither of you knew what that stuff was either right no no aaron thought it was feces but i don't think (laughs) it would be in a jar (laughs) i I keep mine in the jar but that's not normal (laughs) okay we do not want people knowing that Stephen. okay i'll cut that out uh last thing that we hadn't already talked about is the uh that the rocket uh the, the whole rocket scene i mean i just hated the whole thing with the rocket it went on and on and on and it was yes. not a good effect to begin with and it, not it funny. just went nowhere yeah not funny and exactly sound and like i said it scared the cat it was a terrible sound yeah one. plus stuffy smith is is screeching over that sound yes and nothing is happening that's funny he's just flying he's just in a radio rocket he's not supposed to be in there uh it was an accident and yeah it was like they you know blew half the budget for the film on this rocket effect and they're like damn it we are gonna use it oh god yeah you know i never ever thought for a second that he was gonna get stuck in that rocket it was such a surprise (laughs) yeah wasn't that amazing rocket he did by accident sort of kind of that stuff never happens it does hmm yeah it never happens in real life but maybe it happened once that must have given the idea they were sleeping with a feather on their face in inside a rocket this is how it happens oh i just remembered that uh, snuffy at the end of the shooting range scene snuffy shoots into the air and a duck falls onto edgar kennedy's head yes maybe that's the feather that the hick is using later to snore all the way the across the town yeah maybe up in the rockies i wonder if the bottle of booze ended up in the rocket i mean oh that's that's something that i want to get like to that? actually that's no something that i want to get to yeah my hates number one i wrote bud duncan's performance as snuffy smith i hated the character hated the nose he hated, hated absolutely everything about him uh, yeah, i hated his grandma yeah <laughs> and we didn't even she he didn't even mention his grandma or right. did he poor guy no no i just i hated everything about him all yeah. of his relations now he gave his all when he did this he needed another all. He needed more all. The, the second was the formula that I was talking about. There are actually two things that should have happened, but didn't. And that was hugely annoying to me. The super liquor that he gives to the mule near the beginning of the film, the one that causes the mule to uh, to speed into the uh, hoot and holler quicker right. than everybody else. Why wasn't that? Why didn't that come back? The, the, uh, you expect the liquor to be used in the horse race. That doesn't happen. And then you expect the liquor to be used as fuel for the rocket. That's always the gag. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen. In fact, it seems so inevitable that apparently the person writing the Wikipedia plot outline thought that it did happen because that plot outline says that the Nazis are after Snuffy Smith's liquor because it's a secret 
fuel. So that they must have thought that it happened, but it didn't happen. Right. Well, that that was bizarre. I read that too. And I, yeah, I was like, well, when did this happen? And where were the Nazis? Yeah, where were the Nazis? <laughs> I mean, again, we can assume that they're Nazis, I guess, but that's not made explicit at any time. Yeah, I thought I, he watched the wrong film or, or wrote the, the, uh, the synopsis for the wrong film or something. No, no, I'm sure he was writing it for that film because that's sort of kind of what could have almost happened what should have happened <laughs> uh, so they, they didn't even get the they didn't even get the boring formula right i mean it was completely predictable that those two things would have happened that he would have given the liquor to the uh to spark plug and that he would have uh, put the liquor in the rocket ship but that didn't even happen and it was just it was just extremely annoying See, all the more reason why this needs to be rebooted. And my thought is with you at the helm, um, rewriting these gags in the way that is obviously the way they should be written, we could have a great Snuffy Smith reboot. We could have a more tolerable Snuffy Smith reboot, maybe. I'll settle for that. Number three, I think Aaron was the one who brought this up, the slow motion used to to show the mule's reaction to the hot hot mule chick. No, that was my hot husband, Josh. He, he came oh, up with that yeah. one. Oh, um, yeah. So hot husband, Josh, um, already mentioned that. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, <laughs> uh, the vague origin of the spies, which we've already uh, come to. And I think I also mentioned that in the first movie, Edgar Kinney's character is called Ed Cooper, and he's, it's suddenly changed to Homer Gatling. I mean, there's... Uh, certainly not one of the worst things about the movie, but I was tired of all the hate by then. Yeah, there, uh, Doris, uh, this isn't a, isn't a criticism exactly, but uh, Doris Lansing, who was the uh, boring female romantic interest in this movie, was the boring female romantic interest in the first movie, but it was definitely a different character because she was um, she was one of the hicks in Hoot and Holler, and she fell in love with someone else in Hoot and Holler who was going off to be a soldier, and he ends up a significant part of the film yeah louise does actually appear in the first movie i don't know oh, why they yeah i don't know why they dropped her she's not good but she's not any worse than anybody else <laughs> so i mean she, she i guess she does that character fine for a for a cheapo movie b movie we already know that we're going to give thumbs down to this movie uh, what? If one of you gives a thumbs up, I'll be I'll be shocked. Uh, and we can probably guess the outcome of the contest, even though two of us did not like the original movie. One of us, maybe. So this is between Two in the Dark, 1936, and Hillbilly Blitzkrieg, 1942. Do we choose to pardon it, or do we choose to execute Hillbilly Blitzkrieg. Execute. 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 Two in the Dark lives to fight another day, and Hillbilly Blitzkrieg is out of here. Let's see if we can burn the prince, too. Okay, that's all for today's episode of, what is this called? This Movie Must Die. <laughs> Hillbilly Blitzkrieg is the hell out of here, and I hope we never have to think about it again. Thank you very much. Join us next time when we'll be reviewing The Second Woman from 1950. And in the meantime, I'll be on this rocket going to Tokyo! Chippy Monk.